So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. I'm not sure if that made it on, but welcome, everybody, to another edition <laughs> of... may have. Dutch said he was blind as hell to, to, to open up the show today. Uh, we are here. It is Friday night. Dutch Mantel, SP3, myself, Ricky Uccino, here again for another edition of Smack Talk on the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook channels. We got not one, but two huge shows to break down tonight. We had, what, four hour, four and a half hours of wrestling to break down into three and a half. We put Sid on, on AEW duty. Well, he put himself on AEW duty. Uh, Dutch and myself mostly watched SmackDown tonight. What got your attention more? Hit us up in the chat. It's time for Smack Talk, everybody. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. How are we doing? A fantastic Friday night. We appreciate everybody who is joining us here at 11.05 Eastern Standard Time. Dutch, my man, how are you doing? You're 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 close. Oh, oh my! Don't don't get me started. Don't get me started on this. Hey, they crowd. won, man. They won. Oh, barely. Oh my God. You should be in a and good mood. I'm, I'm I'm had to watch SmackDown and then check the score, and then they won with a missed field goal, which is like, I don't know. It doesn't matter if it's uh, it, it intentional. Oh. A win is a win is a win is a win. Well, after a while, I got to pull in for Syracuse. <laughs> I'm kind of mad at Dabo anyway. But anyway, I, I watched most of SmackDown. I thought it was a decent show. It's a it's a maintenance show. So get used to that term, people. It's a maintenance show. They got what they call that, the crown jewel coming up in Saudi Arabia Thursday yeah. at 12, okay. at 12 yes. o'clock. Oh, yes. Peacock, I heard that 42 times. Oh, yeah. And yeah. now I exactly know. And then, but SmackDown, let me tell you what I went through tonight, Rick. Oh, it was, I, was frust, I was frustrated. Go to FS1 because of the Major League Baseball was on Fox. Yep. I've never been to FS1 in my life. I have no reason to watch it. I don't uh, care. Yeah. I liked, I liked to not have found it. When I did find it, I wish I hadn't have found it. But now, now I know where it is, so I'm going to go back to it. And then I was watching SmackDown, which actually SmackDown was I, th- I thought it was a decent show tonight, really. Yeah, they and they did a ton of media uh, for this show tonight, mostly because I think they were going head to head with AEW tonight for the first time ever. Tony Khan with the counter punch back saying, well, we're going to put this big buy in on YouTube and everything like that. And, uh, by the way, part of that media was myself getting to chat with Mr. Paul Heyman. That uh, interview is up in its entirety on the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube channel. It's getting a lot of play on social media today, so I appreciate everybody who's been uh, did he put Did he put me over? Uh, no. After that son of a... After the call, he did, but... Uh, uh, but he, not during the call. During yeah. the call, he got a big time, Jay, a little bit. I did, so, I did bring up your name. He they, said that after we were done. 
that low life bastage. Just bastage. But at least he doesn't owe me any money, so we're okay oh, there. Well, there you so, go. There, there see, you that's go. what it is. Yeah. But uh, I thought the things on SmackDown. I love the the ending of the show was the greatest way. The last thirty minutes of the show was great because they had no commercials, and the girls' match was good. They kept it intact. And now they're going for the three-way in Saudi Arabia with those girls, right? Yeah. That yes. will be good. And then I thought a good touch was uh, they said, come on, get it ready, get it ready, get it ready. We got to go, we got to go, because you never see that on, on SmackDown. And they hurried up and got it in there. But the way they left that with uh, Brock looking at Heyman and Reigns looking at Heyman, very, they have told this story masterfully. Yes, they have, and they've done a great job on it. And, and Brock, and I wish, and I wish they quit calling me every other day and asking what they should do. I mean, <laughs> but I'm not taking credit for it. Absolutely, don't get me wrong. I'm not get, taking credit, but I, I, um, I don't think Brock Lesnar could have played his part in this storytelling any better than than what he. No. it's been very simple, but it's been very very effective. All he had to do tonight was not look at the damn contract, sign the whole effing yep. paper. And then slapped it down. Roman Reigns gets on there, calls him a dumbass farmer. And then, so there's jab one. And then Brock Lesnar just hits him with the knockout shot. I was like, well, I yep. had the contract earlier with, with my advocate, Paul Heyman. And then Heyman just looked like he crapped his pants. Did, did he say, did he say advocate? He did. Yes, he did. Okay. Okay. That's good. Word. And that's, so, that's the biggest thing, man. That's, that's the whole hook on this. That's we, it. We've seen Roman and Brock a million times. There's a fresh coat of paint on this. Roman's the heel now. Brock's the baby face. He's got the ponytail. But it's all about Paul Heyman and where his allegiance is truly right. high. Okay, Rick, didn't we call this like two months, two and a half months ago? Yeah, we called a lot of stuff. But, yeah, this is something. Yeah, for sure. But this is right down because that's the only way it could have worked. Now Roman has somebody to work with that matches his star power. And and uh, Paul Heyman is right in the middle of it, so and th and they can pull that trigger whenever they want. That's when you know angles are good because they don't have to wait here, here, and here. They can pull it whenever, whenever they need it, they can pull it. How long is? Let me ask you this: How long is Brock Lesnar supposed to be around? Well, he signed a new deal that uh, he's supposed to do about eight matches in the next year or so. Well, but uh, roughly in that in that ballpark. But this is supposed yeah. to be his last one in 2020. But they got him plastered all over the uh, the Royal Rumble poster for for yeah. January. So he won't be gone long. It it'll be I. That's why I'm thinking Roman wins this match on Thursday. But they could just do what they always do and have Brock win the belt and then just go away for a while. I I don't think Roman's gonna win. I think we either get a non finish. Where where neither guy loses, or we're getting Brock Lesnar to win the title and crap off for a few months. But because see, that's that the only way you could keep the story going. If yeah. Roman wins, I feel like the story's done. That's what I think. If he wins, because now not only is he done, the Paul Heyman story is done. Yeah. Unless Paul's the one that cost Brock the match. If Paul even, even if he even if he does that, we've seen we seen Roman beat him the last time they versed each other in 2018. If Paul Heyman helps 
uh, you know, Roman beat Brock Lesnar, that doesn't make Roman look too good. And as a guy that already beat Brock Lesnar on his own, he now needs Paul Heyman to beat him. That doesn't continue the story to me. That kind of kills the story. The, the whole story is that we don't know what side Brock uh, Paul Heyman is on. If Paul Heyman tries to help Brock Lesnar and accidentally helps Roman Reigns, maybe that's the only way I could see Roman Reigns winning, keep it on the story. But the way you just said it, or Roman Reigns just beating Brock Lesnar, it kills the story to me. I feel like Brock either needs to win or we get a non-finish, and it wouldn't be the first time they gave us a non-finish between these two in Saudi Arabia. The first Saudi Arabia pay-per-view, Greatest Royal Rumble, had these guys go to a draw in a goddamn steel cage match. So I, I, they're they're open to interpretation, but I feel like, especially with the with the news this week that the Rock's not going to be available for Survivor Series, therefore they want to push back Rock and Roman to WrestleMania 39. Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns is your biggest money. match matchup to do at wrestlemania 38 so brock winning taking a few months off coming back at raw rumble and versing a maybe a, a guy with more momentum now drew mcintyre which is the last guy to beat him at the raw rumble and then versing roman at wrestlemania i feel like that makes more sense to me well well stated i couldn't have said it better i was going to say that but to it. real real quick though let's not act like roman hasn't gotten help over the course of this this dominant run, he's gotten a lot of help from the Usos, a lot of help. Help Paul Heyman helped him beat freaking Kevin Owens. So while Roman has been heavily protected, let's not sit here and act like he hasn't been helped along the way either. So him getting an assistance from the Usos or from you know Paul Heyman to beat Brock Lesnar, it's kind of right on par with what we've seen out of the tribal chief run so far as the bloodline is always there uh, to lend him assistance. So it wouldn't be completely unheard of, but I totally do get what you're saying. But that feels so long ago. That feels like another yeah, chapter of the Roman Reigns story because that stuff with Jey Uso, that happened last September. The stuff with Paul Heyman helping him. Paul Heyman only helped him at the Royal Rumble because he needed to because dude couldn't get out the cuffs. Like, yeah. that's the only reason Paul Heyman helped him. This is the same guy that stacked... Uh, Daniel Bryan and Edge at WrestleMania. This is the same guy that beat Daniel Bryan to wipe him off the WWE universe, which is the only universe. Nothing else exists. So Daniel Bryan's never wrestled ever again. Yeah, Bryan Danielson on the other hand, but to each his own. But Daniel Bryan got wiped out by Roman Reigns. Cesaro got wiped out the main event scene by Roman Reigns. This is a he's beaten every he just beat John Cena at SummerSlam on his own. So yeah, him needing but, Paul Heyman. What? But he needed the Usos and an act of God to beat the demon Fit Balor. He needed God. <laughs> the, the Usos were a non-factor. The demon got through the Usos. The, yes, he needed but God. they were still there. They still interfered in the matchup, so they were still there to help his boy. And that's but nobody, nobody's going to re really remember that. Well, and it has yeah. nothing. It really, it, it has nothing to do with Brock and uh, and Roman at this point. Yeah. But I think if they if if Roman beats him, I think they're going to have some kind of wild smudge or some kind of stuff and, and and leave it open ended. I think the people would go for that if they tell another little bit of a chapter with Paul Heyman. I don't know what they can tell, but I think it's going to. And I don't think since he's the biggest guy that they've had challenged Roman, they're not going to have him come right out and beat him because now where do they go now? 
See, I mean, see, see for a fan, they would like to see that, like a you know clean, straight-up finish. But for creative sitting back there, they're saying, what the hell well, are, and, have we got to go to? What have they got to go to? Well, that's where Survivor Series comes into play here because they're probably going to do the battle for brand supremacy again. So we'll get the Universal Champion against the WWE Champion, whomever that is. So presumably, since Drew McIntyre is coming over to SmackDown, if Roman Reigns were to retain, it would be Roman Reigns versus Big E at Survivor Series. And then you got some time to, to build up a challenger, whether it's Drew McIntyre, who would be on like a three series losing streak at that point, or whether you build somebody else up uh, to, to fight him. Um, they got some time, but they, they get a little bit of a bridge there with Survivor Series. So that's already kind of set in stone as to what Roman's next match is. As far as his next challenger, who the hell knows? Seriously, look at the, look at the SmackDown roster. And tell me who his next challenger is. Hey, I that's what somebody, I'm saying. Somebody suggested Jeff Hardy, who just lost to Austin Theory. That's that's the best that somebody could come up with besides Drew McIntyre, because that main event scene on SmackDown next Friday is sparse to say I the mean, least. I would say, and, but you got to say they brought it on themselves. Mm -hmm. If they can't see, we got to build somebody here, and little Finn, uh, Finn Balor. God bless him, but I don't think he can be taken that seriously. He's not that big, and his his offense. He's got great moves, but I just don't. I just don't see him in that spot. The same Kofi Kingston that got squashed by Bobby Lashley in about three minutes at Money in the Bank. Yep. The same Shinsuke Nakamura that uh, barely could beat Baron Corbin over the last couple of months. I, I need y'all to think before y'all type. Y'all not thinking before y'all type. Y'all just typing. And just naming names. Here's the thing, if they were actually doing anything with Shinsuke Nakamura at all, he could be built back up. He's yeah. beat Apollo Crews for the Intercontinental title, and then... It doesn't matter. What? He hasn't it's, done a damn thing. A, a wrestling fan's mind, unless it's Roman and Brock, they can tell you what they've done. Anybody else, unless you're just a big fan of that person, but unless you're encompassing the whole crowd... I can't tell you what Nakamura's done except bring him egghead down there with him and play the guitar, which is irritating as hell, to tell you the truth. I actually like I it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go all you know Kev Kellum and say it's the greatest entrance in wrestling. Well, we told we, we told you about Corbin and then they ruined it. So exactly, exactly. We were and, all and, big and on I, Corbin. That, that whole thing with him and Madcap tonight, where they're just cracking dad jokes, <laughs> that's, not, that's not getting heat. That's not the, the crowd no. cared less about it's, any of that crap there. They're well, talking about Kevin I, Owens, and then Nakamura interrupts. He's just dancing around the ring. Don't I don't get that. Get in the ring. He they he danced did. around the ring to bring the street profits out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I said was, what? I've never the, seen that before in my life. That was the best part of the whole entire uh, segment was when, the mashed up with yeah. uh, with Rick Boogs playing the guitar to the Street Profits entrance. Like, that was it. That was the best part of all. They that danced was all around the ring, and I said, okay, they're going to get in the ring now or do something. And they started going up the ramp or going back to the the entrance. Maybe, maybe this is the start of the next Intercontinental title feud. Maybe we're getting Nakamura and Happy Corbin. I mean, I, I think that the WWE was just thinking about me. Somebody that was watching the AEW Rampage uh, buy-in, and they was like, "We want you to watch Bobby Bobby Fish versus <laughs> Lee Moriarty. You don't need to pay attention to any of this." So I thank them for that. By the way, I think I I think I know who Roman Reigns' next challenger should be. A guy who has beaten 
Bobby Lashley, a guy who should win the King of the Ring tournament and earn a world title opportunity for winning the crown. Xavier Woods. I'm just throwing it out there. Give me Xavier Woods and Roman Reigns. Excuse me. Give me King Woods against Roman Reigns at that New Year's. What do they call it? What's the New Year's pay-per-view? In Day Atlanta? one. Yeah. Give me. They, they think really hard about these pay-per-view titles, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. They really do. They got rid of TLC, which I think is a good call. Don't yeah. need a TLC pay-per-view on the 18th and then give me another pay-per-view uh, two weeks later. Give me day one, King Woods versus Roman Reigns. I think that's the way you got to go. So naturally, they'll have... You know Woods. what? That, you know what that'll draw? Uh, you <laughs> underestimate Xavier Woods just no, like... I don't. Else no, I don't. No, I don't. I like him. I remember when he first started... But I don't think he's he needs to be in a spot to where he can challenge Roman Reigns. He needs so much he needs so much maintenance work on him. I don't think they can get him there. What do you, what do you mean by that? When you when you say so much maintenance work? Because he's not strong enough. He's been with that new day for what almost ten years, and he's he's kind <laughs> of he's, he's kind of aligned with them. So he would need work to make him credible, and I don't think they can do it. So we're not going to act like um, Jinder Mahal might win on Monday oh, he's because definitely they're going, because oh, he's they're going definitely to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Like, See, they can only do heel versus heel matches in these tournaments now. They can't do babyface versus babyface. They can't do that. Oh. They can't actually give us something that we want like Xavier Woods versus Kofi Kingston. So, yeah, absolutely Jinder Mahal's winning this damn match. Now, Kofi versus uh, Xavier, if they built that right, would be a hell of a matchup. Yeah, yes. but we ain't it getting would- it. And I'm and I'm 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 really surprised they didn't break the new day up already. That is because they, they have been fighting against for literally years now. They don't yes. they don't want to split up. They don't want to fight each other. They did separate them. That's about the best thing that they could do. They've separated Big E from them now two drafts in a row. Uh, so and Big E now is sitting on his own as the WWE champion. So things have worked out well for him. Um, I just hope I I think you could very very easily uh, put Xavier Woods up against Roman Reigns. Having well, him- let me let's let, let's put a professional wrestler in the same mode as we do an NFL football player or an NBA basketball player. After they go five or six years, they're getting a little old, and the people are unless they're just a superstar. And you can't say Xavier Woods has been a superstar. He's been aligned with them. But I don't think you could you could get enough heat and uh, attention around him to make him credible enough that the people would even accept that he could challenge Roman Reigns or a Brock Lesnar for the title. I I think they can make it work if a couple no. of things happen. If they, uh, who if, are we talking? Who are we ta- wait a minute? Who are we talking about here? I'm talking about Xavier Woods. If Xavier okay, Woods but won- who is who is in charge of him? WWE created. Th- this is true. This is okay. true. So I hope somebody. I from could make is- him work. I, I hope you somebody. Can- <laughs> I hope somebody from there is watching right now, or hope Dutch will make a call and let them know. You have Xavier Woods win the King of the Ring. Then at, at Survivor Series, don't do champion versus champion. Do New Day versus Bloodline, although they already hot-shotted that on a Monday Night Raw. Sure and is. then 
And then you do Xavier Woods gets a pinfall victory over Roman Reigns. That's something that they have protected very well. No one has gotten a pinfall victory over Roman Reigns in the last 400-something days. But there's a right time for it. Kenny Omega was undefeated and had it been pinned for like 700 days. But they needed to make Christian Cage hot going into his matchup with Kenny Omega at All Out. So they had Christian break that streak now is the time if you really want to heat up Xavier Woods for a championship matchup at day one. He should be the guy to beat Roman Reigns because that's the only way anyone will find him realistic against Roman and, and in a championship. Match. But you would, but, but, but wait a minute, but you would beat Roman Reigns just to make Xavier Woods in a, in a, tag, in a tag team match. That yes. makes Roman is the he's the meat of that company right now. Yeah. So you would beat him with Xavier Woods what in a tag team match. It could be that. It could be a roll up. It could be a roll up. Do is exactly what you did tonight to Becky Lynch. Do you know the last time Becky Lynch was pinned? Granted, there was a pregnancy in there, but the last time she was pinned was Money in the Bank 2019. The last time yes. she was pinned clean was SummerSlam of 2018, and that streak is still going on. She's well, been well, technically it was Royal Rumble, but she she, she lost by she submission. Still That's lost. Why I said pinned. That's why I said uh, pinned clean. We just we just focusing on pins. Come on, it's it, it, the last loss was really Royal Rumble 2019 to my girl Oscar. Yes, but still, she she has been as protected, or not more, if not more protected than Roman Reigns has. To be completely honest. Does does Becky Lynch getting pinned by Sasha Banks the way she did tonight completely destroy her credibility? I don't think so. No, you could do the same thing with Roman Reigns. It would be. A but no, 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 Rick, you're drawing the wrong analogy <laughs> because you got Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, and uh, uh, Bianca Belair. They're the leaders of that division. Xavier Woods, he wasn't even the leader of New Day. Is what I'm saying. Well, they never. Uh, yes, yes, it, it, it could be done, I guess, but I don't think it would work. Whomever, I'm, whomever it is, here's the thing: whomever it is, if it's Xavier Woods, if it's Happy Corbin, if it's Shinsuke Nakamura, if, if it's freaking Madcap Moss, whoever is the next challenger for Roman Reigns, day one, next Friday after Crown Jewel, you need to start building them up immediately. We know what Roman Reigns' next match is: it's Survivor Series against the WWE Champion if he if he retains. You have all of that time the rest of the year, October 23rd or 22nd, whatever day that Friday is, all the way up until New Year's Day, two months plus, to build somebody up. you got to do it. you got to start immediately. This is what I would do if I was going to – I would let him sit down and do a heart-to-heart interview. The same things he said on these interviews he's done. Since he was a little kid, he always dreamed of winning King of the Ring. And have the people start kind of pulling for him because he didn't do this and he didn't do that. And he was all, always covered up in New Day. Now is his time and you only get one time to do it. And I think you'd get some people interested in it like that. But I think just putting him on TV for wins, I don't think it does it. That, I, is, I, a, that is a good point, though. I think he's more over than you're giving him credit for. At least he is on social media. I know damn sure he is on, on social media. So maybe not so much with the casual audience, and that what is what WWE No, but that's but that's how you draw a sellout, Rick. I, I understand when you that. when you interest the casual fans, then you go to the building and it's sold out. Here's the other thing that that Roman Reigns does. He elevates whomever his opponent is. 
I mean, Roman uh, Reigns. Roman Reigns versus in, in the match. In the match. Yeah, but how does he elevate? How does he elevate Xavier if you don't have a match with him? And elevate him for who? I think outside of outside of Jay Uso, the Roman Reigns challengers do not have a good track record on what happens after they lose to Roman Reigns. Cesaro, I'm Kevin talking about, Owens. I'm talking about elevating during the feud. All right, like it's not. It's, but it's but it did. Roman Reigns is involved. He, Roman Reigns has nothing to do with what happens to these dudes after he's done with them. But you can't call it elevating. They look good in a loss. That's that's the terminology you're looking for. He's not elevating anybody if they don't do anything afterwards. Elevating can mean two different things, right? You He can help you raise them up, whoever his opponent is, raise them up to his level for the entirety of their program. It's up to WWE Creative afterwards if they decide to keep him there. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I feel like elevating means seen, that you you take them up from the spot that they're already at. If they go back to the same spot that they were already at before the feud, I don't consider that elevating. Jay Uso is the one guy that Roman could say he elevated. Well, let me ask you something, Rick. When you see yeah. Xavier Woods, do you get excited? Yes, I love Xavier Woods. I think he's one of the best. I players. didn't say that. I said, do you get excited that he's going to win something or be a big star. Yes. When he, when he got put in the King of the ring, I was genuinely excited. Genuinely. For what? Because you know, the story, you you know, the story. Yes. Okay. But I don't think most people know the story that he wanted to be the King of the ring. And that's where it's on WWE to put it over. Michael Cole has said it on commentary several times. Well, at least the one match that he's had so far, he has said it several times Corey graves has also helped put that over as well on uh, on on monday night raw talking about how xavier woods has wanted this since he was a little kid they've said it on commentary multiple times to try to help get that story out there okay to double down on dutch's point i don't listen to to Corey graves on commentary and my life is much better because of that uh yes uh guardian of chaos i see the new day hate you have in there i have hey, the ring before. guardian of chaos says has either of you ever stepped into a ring yes rick yes. Rick, rick has yes yeah. i have sid has yeah so thank you thank you very much so thank you yeah. and well, you can keep you can keep that energy and i will pull out my signature move which is the band <laughs> hammer by the way uh you can go to you can go to uh that's funny <laughs> Rick, I wish you could be that funny. Well, Sid, yeah. Sid's funny. You know, some of us are Sid and some of us are Mad Cat Moss. You know, what can I say? You know, it, it is what it is. Um, Pretty bad, yeah. God, that, that whole segment was just awful. <laughs> See, that's the thing, man. Tonight's episode of SmackDown was exactly... It, it, it's, it, it's, it's WWE in its entirety. When they are really, really good, when they really care about something, God damn, man, it's good. But when they're bad, holy hell, they're bad. We saw both end of the spe- ends of the spectrum tonight. Well, yes. most territories really operated that way back in the old days, too, because when it got hot, it was all good. And when it, it wasn't hot, no, it, it, it really sucked. But this was the thing. When it was hot, the talent got all the credit. They said, man, these guys are great. Oh, my God. It was in the booker's booking it. But then when it sucked, the booker got all the blame. It's a thankless job, really. 
So, like it, like but you know, uh, you know, a moment on SmackDown that I really liked was the uh, Sonya Deville segment. Yes, I, I thought that, that was very good, and she yeah. is a good heel. Did I call She's that a, by the way? Did I call that with Sonya getting some help and putting the foot on uh, Naomi and getting the pinfall? I think I did. Check the tape. That's exactly how I would have booked it last week. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, but I told you that three weeks ago, Rick. <laughs> oh, did you? You just said it first. Yeah, but that she did it well. Yeah. No, I was happy because to yeah, that was good. I you knew some kind of a swerve was coming tonight. Um, Shayna Baszler being the one to do it. I, I actually like that a lot. Uh, very similar background. Shayna Baszler and Sonya Deville makes a ton of sense. Sonya or uh, Shayna Baszler recently has been on kind of like this, this murderous streak. So it makes a lot of sense that she's kind of like this hit person for hire tonight, uh, to take out Naomi. I was happy to see like Sonya at least got, you know, physical. She actually did wrestle a little bit in the match, kind of dipped her toe back into that water a little bit. And they didn't squash Naomi either. Like Naomi got some offense in there. It was two to three minutes total with uh, with the entrances in a in a bubble that doesn't bother me, because honestly, how how long did this segment really need to be? It's obviously building to something bigger. I, I oh, it was it was a perfect time. I thought it was yeah. booked perfectly tonight. I thought this yep. part was booked perfectly. They protected Naomi very well. She came off like a valiant baby face. She did. She wasn't scared from the challenge of two on one. I like her. Uh, I like Sonya pulling out the uh, the old Simpsons episode with the guy that tells them about the estate where they go to like the haunted mansion, and then he lets them know afterwards that they only got like a hundred dollars and not the full estate. She was like, "You didn't listen. I didn't finish. You just <laughs> left before I was finished." And I meant to say, my tag team partner is Shane. Basil, it was great, great stuff. She came I mean, up like a perfect heel authority figure, and I like the fact that she did do a little bit of wrestling. And I was actually interested in the whole Sonya, um, Shayna Baszler combination. Although I'm like most people, I don't want to see Shayna Baszler in like a partnership after being with Nia Jax for almost a year. If she was to be in a partnership, I think Sonya Deville is the perfect person because they can both be MMA badasses together. See, this, this was one of the things that I was hoping that they would do with Sonya Deville. I was hoping maybe they would give her, uh, you know, like, for lack of a better term, because there's not a whole lot of female factions, like her own absolution. Like, she would take over that page role and have a young tag team, maybe Shotzi and Knox, when they were still together. That would. What happened been- What happened to them? They got, they got split, split apart. In, in the draft. They got, what? They, got like, what? they got what now? Split up. They got split, oh, split up. up. Yeah, so uh, Tegan Knox went to Raw. Shotzi Blackheart. See, that's the same creative we're talking about getting Xavier over. You see yeah, what I mean? Exactly. We, are, we gave an optimistic way of thinking. Like, if we were booking it on SmackDown versus Raw or 2K, whatever, that would be the way to get Xavier Woods over. We know for a fact this is not going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. But we are trying to be optimistic. If we were to put Xavier Woods in that spot, how would we do it? We gave you ideas on how to do it. We know that's not going to happen, though. So Xavier oh. Woods is going to wrestle gender. On Raw, correct? Yes. 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 And the winner of that goes to the King of the Ring finals. Against yeah. Finn Balor, who had a really good match. That, against, match was, uh, that match was great. You want to talk yeah, that about was, it? was good. Did the, the matches went longer tonight, did you notice? Oh, uh, well, not the because, Queen's Crown tournament. Well, well we've <laughs> always said the girl the girls' matches don't go as long, and I don't know why. But they let Becky they let Becky and uh, Sasha go. They yeah, did. And, and they went great. 15. 
Yeah, that's that was how a great gonna, match. That's how they're going to justify it because people are going to complain that the women's aren't getting enough time, but then they're going to go, oh, well, if you look at Sasha and Becky, they main evented and they went 15, 16 minutes. But then we had Adam Pierce run down and say, get the hell out of the ring because we have something that really matters that's coming up here. And then they still ended the show five minutes early. <laughs> Yeah, but how many of those girls can go 15, 16 minutes and hold I them? don't know because no one else gets the opportunity. Well, I'm just saying. Do you think uh, Carmella could do that and hold the people? Not with uh, Zelina Vega. That's That was no. part of the problem. Well, you think Zelina? I think Zelina hey, Vega. Don't knock, don't knock my Zelina Vega. I'm, I'm kind not, of a big fan I'm of hers. But it was a heel versus heel match that the crowd wasn't into because they had nobody to invest in. And then it, within the first 30 seconds, Carmella puts on an arm bar and holds it in for 60 seconds. You're not going to get the crowd fired up by doing that. That's I was actually well, that, that this is quickly. You know where the blame lies with that? The producer of the match. They told him what they were going to do. And he said, yeah, go ahead. That sounds good to me. And I don't know what if those damn producers get cussed out. I've never seen one of them really get hammered on. But, boy, you can see them back in the back when their matches in the ring. They're going, please do something. Yeah. And then Vince, says, then Vince will say, Arn, come here. I don't understand why they did a one-minute armbar rest hold in a match that went two minutes and 25 seconds. It was 2.42. I don't know where. I, I saw Sean Ross at tweet. It was 2.25. I don't know when he started the clock, but I started it at the bell, and it was 2.42. Uh, Somebody Chris, says, Christopher says, Bailey can go 15 to 20 minutes. Yes, she can. Well, 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 we're not saying that if she can go 15 or 20, but if the story doesn't call for 15 or 20, how's she going to hold the people? I mean, you're, you're it, right. all goes back, it all goes back to story. And yes. when you had Sasha in the ring tonight – they had a story going on, and that was a, that's one of their best stories too. Yes, if you absolutely. look at the, if you look at the show, you got Brock and Roman, you got the girls, and uh, what's that other story? Oh, you got Finn, Finn going in, and the King of the Ring. They and it was a good show. Yeah, like WWE, they 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 show you what they care about. Obviously, and it, they they could not have been more blunt that they don't give a crap about this Queen's Crown tournament based on the competitors that they put in there, and then the most over person that they had in the entire tournament they beat in 90 seconds last week to set up a heel-versus-heel match. I would have much rather have watched a 6-10 to 10 minute match between Liv Morgan and Tony Storm tonight, which I guarantee you would have kept the audience invested. Instead, we get three minutes between Zelina Vega and... Mm, wait a minute. Bring that up again. Tony Storm and who would have held him for 10 minutes? Liv, Liv Morgan. Six, give him 6 to 10 minutes. It would, have I don't think, than, it would have been better than Happy Corbin and Mad Cat. <laughs> oh, you just don't like Happy. You just don't like Happy. Leave like Happy him. alone. It's yeah, not he, his yeah. fault. That it's he has not his an, fault. He has an Abatross name, a Mad Cat Moss on his gimmick now. It's but not his fault. That's what I'm saying. I will never say anything derogatory about a competitor. Again, it's like what Dutch says. It all goes back to booking and creative. And that whole series there where they had a heel versus heel and the Queen's crown that went three minutes so they could make room to, for Mad Cat Moss to tell his dad jokes so Shinsuke Nakamura could dance his way down to the ring, not do anything, and then introduce the Street Profits for a match with the Usos, even though it was great, was the fifth time they've wrestled in a month. None of it, that made any sense and did anything for anybody. It was, they had it to, was, they had it to was kill great. some time. 
It was great. I wouldn't have known. I was watching Danielson versus Suzuki, ladies and exactly. gentlemen. So that's where I was kind of leading into because that <laughs> it was almost like like WWE was doing people a favor by having all of that at the same time as Brian and Suzuki. Now, I was watching all of that garbage. How was Brian and Suzuki? Oh my god, that was by far the best thing I saw tonight. That just had a whole different type of energy. When I'm first watching the buy-in, you know, Tay Conti versus Santana Garrick, that was okay. That was fine. I, I thought they should have opened with uh Danielson and Suzuki, but they were better off putting it at the end because they got plenty of time uh lee moriarty versus bobby fish was a really good matchup with bobby fish getting the win lee moriarty officially signing with aew but danielson and suzuki it was hard hitting chris wrestling they they went like amateur style to start off exchanges on the ground then it was just strikes suzuki knocked the hell out of out of brian danielson and you know brian danielson was having a ball this is exactly why he left wwe because they wouldn't let him have hard-hitting matches like this and this he was bruised from his chest to his to his uh ear at one point was uh bruising up they they did a kick exchange where um both guys were like on their on their uh butt sitting down on the mat and Suzuki challenge uh Danielson they kick him in the chest he kicks him in the chest and he just keeps rising up and the crowd is just getting hotter and hotter he kicks him again he rises up again hotter and hotter then um Suzuki did that to Brian Danielson and Brian Danielson did the same thing and it was just a just a battle of who was the tougher who can go through the pain because you know you don't have to do no cells but just fighting through the pain the way they were doing it was just so captivating one of the best matches and the stiffest match that i've seen all year and then you he, brian danielson just won with the move the two guys just started running the ropes to each other trying to evade each other uh suzuki's going for the rear naked choke into the god style power driver brian just kept reversing and reversing then they're running the ropes trying to clothesline each other suzuki misses a clothesline runs off the rope brian misses a clothesline runs off the rope and then brian just hits him with the running knee and that's how he wins that was just beautiful professional wrestling the best match that i saw tonight and my god AEW should have put that on this rampage show because i feel like we would just be saying rampage was by far the better show and that would have been the matchup to steal eyes from smackdown on the head-to-head -head in the half an hour portion in my opinion yeah that and that's that was like the big topic of conversation heading into this is like oh man they're going head to head with smackdown for the first time and tony khan's talking to you know doing everything that he can to build up the hype that you know they're gonna beat them and the only chance really that they have because the ratings on rampage have not been great about what half mil yeah. basically uh, for 10 o'clock yeah. at night on a friday respectable but it's not anything to write home about um the only the the only saving grace is that smackdown was on fs1 tonight which i think yes. the last time they were, yeah the, now the last time they were on they FS1, can't find it i couldn't find it they did about 900,000 the last time they were on uh, FS1. Maybe a little bit less than that, if memory serves correct. So that's a big gamble by WWE to say, all right, we're going to put this extra half hour on because if they were on Fox, they would have obliterated, not even a competition. No one's even talking about it. But the fact that they put it on Rampage, WWE was taking all the risk because now if that 10 o'clock hour, CM Punk and, and uh, Matt Seidel – Beats Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. We'll do it. That no, no one's gonna care if it was, if it was on FS1. 
All they have to say, whoever was watching SmackDown, they stayed with it. And that's that's the point. If if they were Suzuki and and Brian Danielson in that slot, you would have got maybe more people to change the channel. But somebody like myself, who on their main screen, because I was doing I don't, the, the I don't think I don't think so, guys. Because Suzuki, you guys are hardcore fans. You know Suzuki. You know that. So you want to watch him. But you take some truck driver down in Macon, Georgia, and you get the, he don't he don't give a crap. And he don't know who he is. But again, we're talking about casual fans. They don't know about Suzuki. Right. They'd have to learn about him. SmackDown would have kept the casuals, but those hardcore wrestling fans, which yeah, is, they will go there. Yes. Nine percent yeah. of AEW's audience. And, and and it's and it's about seventy five percent of WWE. If you look at how their numbers have dropped over the last five years, like it's it's not that many casual fans still watching WWE. In my opinion, I think the difference in the hardcores to AEW. Just look at Raw's worst week versus AEW's best week. It's about a hundred thousand to about four hundred thousand uh, fans or so. Here, Those here, are the casuals. Here, here's what I, here's how I'll argue with that, and, and it's only based off of a couple of shows. Uh, but the ones that I, I don't think, I don't call it arguing, Rick. That's a bad word. Okay. Debating, so, debating, yeah, here, discussing. Here's how I'll right, right, Sid. The, yeah, the last absolutely few, the last few shows that I've gone to in person, completely different audiences. AEW. It was packed in Cincinnati, like all hardcore fanboy wrestling, mostly guys who were in attendance watching this show. The Raw that I went to in Cincinnati, Extreme Rules that I went to in Columbus, the SmackDown that I went to in Cleveland. It was much more of a hodgepodge of younger kids, uh, females, uh, even, but even that's, older. That's older. going to the event. That's different. I feel like it's different from the people that go to events. It's different from the people that are watching week to week. The reason why the ratings have gone down, that's that's the whole thing. And it's still it, the people that go to the live events. You can do a, a poll or a survey, and I guarantee you they will say, I don't really watch it week to week because they don't. You can see from the ratings that this doesn't happen anymore. That's well, let's take go back to when uh, WCW and WWF were going head to head. There was a combined total of ten million people watching on Monday yes. Monday night Monday night wrestling. Correct? Yes. Roughly. And where did where did they go? They just disappeared. Yeah. Because they got too much wrestling, and it was repeat, 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 and they they had stars. I mean, they had big time stars. But that wasn't enough to keep the people after a while. So do you think, and I'm seeing, I think Tony Khan booked uh, CM Punk and Matt Seidel because of Matt's quality. Yeah. But the star power was was not present. I mean, nobody's going to leave watching those girls in SmackDown to watch Matt Seidel and CM Punk. Unless they were having a bad match, which they did not. No, they didn't. We we knew the we knew the finish was going to be wonky. You knew Bianca was going to get involved in some way, shape, or form. And there was a small uh, little botch there because she didn't actually hit Becky with her hair. She missed, uh, but it still worked because it still offered up a distraction, which allowed uh, Sasha to hit the, uh, the the backstabber and got the one two three, which was a surprise finish. Uh, no, that was a surprise. It was. He hasn't the- been ending uh, a years. 
Basically, the, the fact it. that we got an actual finish surprised the hell out of me, especially after Monday with that non-finish that they gave us in the tag team match. I did not expect we would get a pinfall finish. So regardless of distraction, help from Bianca Belair, that was the much better finish than I thought they would give us. Is Becky staying on SmackDown? No, going to Raw. No, she's, she's going, going to Raw. Okay, that's the reason. If I'd have known that, I said, okay. But, uh, but, Sa- but. Sasha, Sasha is staying. Yes. And so all Bianca and uh, they're just taking that to Raw, right? Yeah, Yeah. basically. Bianca and uh, Becky are both going to Raw after Saudi Arabia. So conventional wisdom would say, well, Sasha's going to win the title to keep the SmackDown Women's Championship on SmackDown. Problem is, Charlotte, who is the current Raw Women's Champion, got drafted to SmackDown. So then you would have both women's world titles on the same brand. And I don't think that's going to happen. That doesn't make any sense. So it makes me think Becky is retaining and we're just going to get a lazy title swap. Yes, basically. Becky is retaining in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that's what I think. I think Uh, that we're we're, we're, going to get. Is is Charlotte in Saudi Arabia too or no? No, not yet. Anyway, they've they've been kind of like laying the seeds and kind of. Uh, she's been talking about winning both belts and Becky's talked about winning both belts and this, that, and, the other. and, and Charlotte's been getting involved with Sasha and Bianca and, and Becky, but they haven't added her to the match. Doesn't mean they can't do it on Monday. And Bian- yep. Bianca, no, but Bianca has a title match on That's Monday. Right. She's, she's versus, she's versus Charlotte for the raw woman championship. So they could make the change there. Yeah. I, I think it would make a ton of sense to make it either for all, the whole the whole marbles one fall for both belts or you do a, a two out of a, a, a two falls match where first fall is for the raw women's title second falls for the smackdown women's title and it would be very easy to have uh becky and charlotte flip belts if that's what you decide to do you could you could you i, could I think that. you need i think you need to call creative on that <laughs> hey yeah. you got the number dutch it, yeah you you're saying you're, you're, i got a hell of an idea vince <laughs> god damn it yeah, we need to we need to book an extra plane ticket to Saudi Arabia. Make sure to yeah. get Charlotte's ass down there, please. Thank you. No, but that makes see that's what the creative doesn't do. Sometimes stuff they do doesn't make sense, and then when they run it by Vince, he might take it and ruin it, or he might add to it. But there's no guarantee of that because a creative team you can start with an idea and go around the room, and by the time it comes back, it may not even resemble the the idea you put out in the first place. So Kevin uh, Sullivan, Kevin Sullivan told me that one time. Uh, Steven says to unify the women's titles. I hate that idea. I don't like that idea. The men have two, two world titles. I guess you heard that Steven. I, I'm just saying, I'm teach, teach you to suggest I, something. I, I don't think it makes a ton of sense to unify. I now, if you want to rebrand them, so you don't have to do an awkward title flip if you just want to do WWE. So you're saying Steven's idea was kind of stupid. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying I, I <laughs> Did respect, you hear that, Steven? I respect Steven's opinion. I'm, I Steven, I'm, I'm defending you, Steven, and Rick is just ripping you, a good one. Uh, Kenny, Kenny Bowen's <laughs> Dutch, you are the show. <laughs> he, he, he's been uh he's been ripping uh myself and, and Sid mostly myself. I I'll remember he, that. I remember yeah, the that, Kenny, re- when, we do, when we do our preview, I'll kick you out of the stream because I'll be the show then. What, yeah. what, what, what's your signature move again? The band He's, hammer. Yeah. yeah. Can you, can you yeah. hit Kenny with a band hammer, please? I think that would be uh, hilarious. I would, no, I would, Ken, uh, Kenny I would. thinks very highly of you, Rick. 
Yeah, he does. So if he's talking about you, he likes you. If he don't like you, he don't talk about you. There you go. All right. So what are we? Uh, what have we missed that happened on SmackDown tonight? I think we touched on all. Oh, of let me. Ask, what match is no hose barred on the uh, Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley? Let me bring this up. Okay. What hose are barred? Really? <laughs> the killing. He's gonna kill him. Which oh, is yeah. if Saudi Arabia is no, but it says no hose barred. You could you could kill him and yeah, that's why it's a no hose barred because Goldberg has said he's going to kill Bobby Lashley. He's going to leave now, why his would they lifeless even, body without a breath. <laughs> why would they even use that? That's from 1960. No hose barred. I don't know any hose that are barred, really. I mean, well, I mean, here's the thing: all of these matches are the same damn thing. Whether it's no holds barred, no disqualification, a street fight. Hell in a cell. Uh, hell in a cell. Hell. Oh, yeah. You, you can sit here and say, hey, let's do a TLC match, but you sure as hell are going to see them use kendo sticks and you're going to see them use fire hydrants and all this other stuff that they could just pull out underneath <laughs> the ring. It's all the same stuff. The hell, kendo stick is the most overused match. weapon in WWE. It really what is. What is? The, the kendo, kendo stick. stick? The kendo stick. Although I did like the Usos winding them up like baseball bats tonight. Like I, I, yeah, I really, tell me, tell me how that match was. I told you okay. how Danielson so and Suzuki was. In all seriousness, the tag team match was great because yeah, it was the good. Profits versus the Usos, but it's the same stuff. It's the double it's kicks. Yeah, a lot of a lot yeah, of. If the, I, I swear to God, if I see one more super kick, I'm gonna throw up. What? I mean, I'm super kicked to death. I mean, <laughs> if a guy, if I had a match, which I won't, he wanted to super kick me. I said, if you do, I'm I'm ramming his bat down your throat. That's don't even right. don't even look at me like you want to do a, a super kick, or I'm gonna knock you out. Dutch, we don't agree on much, but I am with you 110. percent Hey, you know, Sid, it's taken me like four months to get him to even <laughs> agree with me, and now he's agreed with me. It was just, I mean, the young bucks—that's all they do: super kick, super kick, then kiss somebody and super kick each other, and I don't know. What the hey, hell? I love it. I love it. AEW. But that super kick stuff is way, way overused. Yeah. I, uh, I, I've, I've said it once. I'll say it again. I love the Usos. I feel like they're one of the greatest WWE tag teams of all time. But all they did was take the Briscoes day one and the Young Bucks super kicks. They combined it together. And that's why they're one of the greatest tag teams in WWE history. <laughs> that's what they did. Yeah. By the way, there was a really cool spot where uh, Montez Ford actually uh, pulled out the Van Der- uh, uh, the Van Daminator, chucked the chucked one of the Usos the chair, and then did the the spinning kick. That was actually pretty cool to see uh, Montez pull that out. He also had a really cool spot where he jumped completely over the turnbuckle onto the Usos and landed on his feet, and then he jumped up onto the table and it didn't collapse. And Pat McAfee lost his mind. He's like, he got to stand on the table after it buckled underneath. <laughs> After he fucking underneath him a few weeks back. Uh, by the way, Paul Heyman, in my interview with him, put over Pat McAfee uh, big time. He is a uh, big Pat McAfee fan. Again, check out that interview. It's up uh, in its entirety on the uh, Sports Gator Wrestling YouTube channel. He didn't put Dutch Mantel over, but he put uh, he put Pat McAfee over. It hurts my feelings. He did say hi, though. I hi. have I have very sensitive feelings toward Paul. Bastard. What would you think? What would you call the match of the night that you watched tonight, Dutch? The match? Well, it's not so much the match as the 
I'd like to the end of Roman Reigns and and Brock Lesnar. That was what I enjoyed the most. And I, I liked the Sonya Deville. <clears throat> I liked that whole deal there. The girls had a great match. And uh, the first match was good, but I'm not a big uh, I'm not a big uh, demon fan. You know what I liked most about that that match is there was no BS involved at all, which we get a lot of in Sami Zayn's matches. Yeah, he tried to put his feet on the ropes, but you know whatever. It was just Finn Balor and Sami Zayn putting on a damn clinic in the wrestling ring. No BS, and and Finn Balor won. We don't get a whole lot of that, especially with 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 Sami Zayn's matches. That's just let that man wrestle. Like I'm I'm so happy they just let that guy wrestle. But, he didn't struck out or run or anything. The, the Sami Zayn is very very entertaining. Yes, he is, and he can work, really work. It yes. sucks. It sucks that they're doing the finals in Saudi Arabia because what? Sami Zayn would make a hell of a king of the ring, but he he's not allowed to yeah. go to Saudi Arabia, so he can't win the damn tournament. That's why the that's why the result was so predictable. Now he, he, he's not, you say he's not allowed to go, or he refuses to go. Well, he's not allowed to go because he's Syrian. I mean, oh. he refused. He refused before it was known that <laughs> um, that that he couldn't go. He legally they wouldn't allow him. The Saudi Arabian did, did, government. Did he know that? He probably did. I don't think the company did. I think the company was made aware after the fact, but he had already said he wasn't going to go. And I think um, that was the a part of the reason why Kevin Owens chose to not go. And I think that's another reason why we haven't seen Kevin Owens besides him being one foot out the door. And getting, well, and getting his butt whooped by, uh, by Captain Dad joke. Now, All right, Sid, I'm, I'm handing over the reins to you, sir, because it was your job tonight monitor rampage from start to finish because i could not take i tried to watch two matches at one time i really really did it's tough it's difficult but one match just kept my attention more than the other i i'm and uh, come on i'm a becky lynch homer so obviously i i stayed with the girls how you take the reins rampage review here we go uh cm punk and matt seidel they had a really good it was reminiscent of like an roh babyface versus babyface battle but i've been really enjoying the variety of cm punk matches because him and darby allen it was more of him showing like the ring rust and trying to get over darby allen's like daredevil style you had him in powerhouse hobbs he was trying to overcome powerhouse hobbs size and power advantage then you had him and daniel garcia was more like a wrestling clinic with Matt Seidel. He has like the speed and the fast paced wrestling, but he can also mix it up with the technical wrestling. So it was a nice mixture of CM Punk really getting into form. Like we said last week with the Daniel Garcia match, you can see CM Punk is, has worked off the ring rust and he's, uh, he's starting to be more crisp in the ring. And he showed that here, but this was more of like an even baby face battle. Nobody using cheating. There wasn't like the outside interference. Like we saw last week with 2.0 interfering with the Daniel Garcia match and Punk similar to the Suzuki and Danielson match he just they were going back and forth a couple of reversal then Punk hits his finisher and that's it he hit the go to sleep as um, Matt Seidel was going for a crucifix he reverses into the go to sleep for a really good win I thought it was a rock solid opener another good match for CM Punk who has had nothing but good matches since he's returned 
I disagree with you, Roman Reigns, just calling that out. But yeah, that was a uh, good start to the show. And the crowd was very much into it. And I felt like the crowd was very quiet, like the first two matches on the buy-in. But the fact that they were able to get the crowd into the match after Danielson and Suzuki probably wore that crowd the hell out says a lot for Punk and Seidel. You know what? You know what kind of like CM Punk's comeback is? It's like he went to a sushi place and just ordered like a sampler platter. He's like, I haven't been, I haven't had sushi in years. Let me get, let me get a little bit of this. Let me try a little bit of that, and we'll do we'll do this, you know. And then, then I'll find my groove. But I just want to try it all. I just want to do it yeah. all. Get my feet wet on everything. Have all these different types of matches. I mean, that's pretty much what he's doing right now. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. I saw bits and pieces of this. Uh, it looked really crisp. It looked really, really smooth. Um, I, I, I'm excited to go back and, and rewatch that. Uh, and I'm and I'm not gonna lie, me myself, I was more engaged with Sasha and Becky. They put on a show themselves. If it wasn't for Suzuki and Danielson, Sasha and Becky would have been the match of the night 100 because they worked their on, ass on, off. On what slot did Suzuki and Danielson have? They were Didn't the they? main. They were the main event of the buy-in. So they were on YouTube only, by the way. Uh, yeah. Real quick, before I forget to mention it, Sasha Banks, when she countered into the uh, the bank statement on the floor, holy hell, that was smooth as I, I can't. There's a chef's kiss. Like that's all I can do. Like I was just floored by that by that counter from the arm drag into the uh, on the outside into the into the bank statement. I thought that was just absolutely. Uh, I, I was watching Becky worked. Those kicks look stiff as yeah. hell. I don't know if she's laying it in there, but it didn't look like she's letting off of it much. It looks like pedal to the metal when she kicks to the gut. Becky and just, Sasha, they work very snug with each other. You yeah, can they tell. Do. They do. They have such great chemistry with one, and they 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 take care of each other in the ring. But uh, yeah, it looked like they were both kind of. There were a couple shots from Sasha tonight that was snug. I think snug's a, a, a good way to. To hit that, but yeah, Becky, especially when she does that that spinning back kick, she tends to get a little closer to to Sasha and Charlotte and and Bailey, the people she's been wrestling for for five years over and over again. So I don't think it was anything like bad. I don't think they were like lighting each other up or you know. Let me let me ask you this, guys: the influx of NXT. Who were the girls there? I saw some girls there that that looked good. How much uh, you know about them? Well, you mean the girls that are there now? Yes, the oh, ones um, that they're working with now. I think I think the best <laughs> one is Io Shirai by like a country mile, but they kind of got her in a tag team right now, in a tag team that doesn't really work in my opinion. It's like an odd couple tag team, but uh, Zoe Starks hasn't established a character for it to really be an odd couple tag team. It's just Io Shirai doesn't like her, but she's the class of that woman's division. Raquel Gonzalez is the current NXT Women's Champion, and she just has a phenomenal look. She's like, she's, she's what six six foot one, six foot two, and she just has a great physique to her. She just has a look that you can tell she's going to be big time on the main roster. They also got a uh, toxic attraction which is Mandy Rose, uh, Gigi Dolan, and uh, JC Jane, which they have a they have a diva vibe to them, but they're like the beautiful people for WWE, basically. The beautiful, you, you know about the beautiful people, Dutch, because they were in uh, TNA during mm -hmm. your time there. That's basically their take on it is toxic attraction. Okay. 
there, there's a few others there as well. Uh, you don't see Ember Moon a whole lot, but Ember Moon is somebody who no. should be a main eventer on the Mandy, Mandy Rose. Wasn't she with WWE up? To yes. The- yeah. She just returned back down to NXT. Um, so she's kind of getting her own. I would not be surprised if she unseats Raquel Gonzalez, uh, and takes the, the NXT women's championship. But I mean, there, there are a lot of women down there right now in NXT, Raquel Gonzalez, Io Shirai, Ember Moon. I think Frankie Monet is, is ready to come up and in, in all you know, serious. I think there's a lot of women that could come up to the main roster and be players, but the problem is, let me, they, well, they, let me, women they since, we're, on the damn show. since we're talking, since we're talking, yes. Do you think an all girl show could go? Yes. In WWE, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so too. You know, I had that idea like 2005, 2006. <laughs> but they didn't. And then WWE kind of saw what women's wrestling could do with Kong and, and Gail Kim. And I, I've said it here before. We put them in a match one time. They beat the record of all. They beat. You could put Sting and Angle together, and they'd beat that almost a whole point. Oh, speaking <clears> of <throat> two things, Dutch for you, uh, Impact actually just did a an all women's uh, pay per view uh, knockout to knockdown on their Impact Plus yeah, special. They, they do that. They do that sometimes. Yeah, Awesome Kong is being inducted into the uh, Impact Hall of Fame. I wanted right. to ask you about that, and I also wanted to ask you about because Dark Side of the Ring just did an episode on Luna Vachon, and if you have any Luna Vachon uh, stories for us, I didn't. I didn't know Luna well. I I'd just been around her a little bit. Hell, she scared me. I was like, "Whoa, hey!" And I just, I just took off. But uh, the uh, the thing about what was that first question you asked me? Awesome Kong in the oh, yeah, getting she des- inducted into the Impact Hall yeah, of Fame. She she deserves it. And I kind of got I was on her always on her side, but they got to where they didn't want to pay her any money. And she asked for more money, and they said no. And I said, "Are you got? You got? You got to be nuts! This girl is pulling her weight. She's pulling the weight of the guys you're paying big money to. She's beating them. And the amount of money they were paying, it was almost embarrassing, to tell you the truth. Do, do you think part of that was because they they really didn't have anybody else, you know, like her to 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 book her up against to have a you know a competitor to go up against her? She didn't really have that Joker to her Batman. No, well, she, she did. She did. She had Gail, Gail Kim. Kim. She wow. had Gail Kim. And we could have made other girls. We we could have. It would have been very easy. But but what I liked about Kong, we put that that like that Muslim girl with her, Raisha yeah. Saeed. Yeah. I love the look. I never did anything that was it actually surprised me that they would they would let us use a a Muslim girl like that. I mean, she's not Muslim, but she was just under the under the veil. But very imposing figure when they go to the ring. I remember the first night we booked Kong. I may have told this story before, but when they heard the music, doom, 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 and then Kong came out there, all three hundred and something pounds of her, and, and these these people were tourists at uh, Universal. At Universal. And they looked around like, what the hell is this? They stood up because it was so unusual to see that size of a woman walk down. And of course, I put a little blonde-headed, little 120-pound cheerleader-looking girl in there, and she just killed her. And the people, I saw their faces going, God, God. 
And I told her, and I got her over with the Abdullah formula. I told her, I said, whatever you do, do not go off your feet till I tell you to. We went three months and she got over it. And I said, you can sell a little bit. Don't oversell because I'm getting you over. And she, she, but she had been to Japan. Yeah. She wasn't green. She knew what she was doing. <clears throat> so when it came time for her to go off her feet, you know, the people popped because they hadn't seen that before. It's all in the, the way you introduce them and tell their story. And she didn't talk, right? Just say he didn't talk. They were just a visual that the people saw. And I had the announcers do the work about them. And they got over. So, and the Gail Kim, you know, I said we put her in the main event. We 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 put Gail uh, Kim and Kong in a main event about 10 years before WWF or WWE even thought about it. So where I think we were on Spike then, TNA was on Spike, and I talked to one of the one of the representatives, I said, and I told him about the girl's show, and he said, do you think that will go? I said, well, I didn't know what to tell him. I said, well, I think you're trying to grab this elusive demographic of 18 to 32-year-old males. Don't you think the most direct route to grab them is to put half-naked women in there so they can fighting over something? I said, I think you got it. You'd, you'd have your audience then. That's what your audience is anyway. I mean, on a girl show, I would think. Did you ever watch Glow? Yeah. Uh, the Netflix show, yes. The actual no, show. No, not, 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 not the Netflix show. No, no I actually watched oh, it. Oh, I love that show. Oh, it was so corny. <laughs> but they, they had some great characters. <laughs> so, And I used to watch that show all the time. I first saw that when I was in Puerto Rico. I'm going to tell you, I, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this. So one day I'm in Puerto Rico. I'm bored like hell. <clears throat> you can only drink so much beer. I mean, yeah, so I, tur I turned the TV on and in black and white, they didn't have, I didn't have a color TV, this damn rat hole I was staying in, but they put on a South American wrestling show named Titani's Del Ring. You ever heard of it? No. No. Go to YouTube, look it up, because they were gimmicks before way, and they had music way, about 10 years before WWF even thought about it. They had characters, they would have like the sheep herder boy, you know, he'd come out there with sheep, actual sheep in the studio, walk around, they had the Invisible Man, and they had a match with the Invisible Man, and the, the announcer just called the match, and the Invisible Man won. So, so you go, and I'm watching, and I'm going, what the hell? They had a clown, Papino the Clown. They just had all gimmicks. So go to YouTube and look up Titani's, El Titani's Del Ring, T I. T-A-N-E-S, Dale and Ray. I learned something new today, ladies and gentlemen. Well, now I want to see a hair versus sheer match. Like that's that's what I want. I want I want I want some wool on the line. Well, that you could with those he would come out with a staff, like you would see like in one of the biblical pictures in the Bible. The and he would just and they would just walk out amongst the fans. 
It was a kid's show is what it was. They went to the biggest arenas in South America, sold them out. And it was the most, that was the days before it was a show. So <clears throat> they didn't really put in there, is it real or not? They didn't give a crap. So, but look that up. Interesting story. I, 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 I might have to. I might have to yeah. there. Um, but before I ask that question, I know I was talking about uh, Punk and uh, Seidel. My last little note on that yep. that I have here is that the one of the best uh, storylines for CM Punk is the fact that he goes from long boys to CM Trunks every other match. I didn't notice that. He was long boys last week. He was CM Trunks this week. But since Dutch is talking about women's wrestling, the next match on Rampage was uh, one of Dutch's favorite, Ruby Soho versus... Uh, the bunny and i thought that the, this was one of the bunny's best matches because uh yeah, she was hitting yeah. like nasty german suplexes she was selling very well throughout this matchup she's another one that comes from uh, uh impact wrestling as well and uh ruby soho got back on the winning ways with a nice uh backslide which was kind of out of the ordinary i expected her to like hit her finisher and get the win but it still it made uh bunny look good is the fact that it was kind of like out of a surprise like just out of nowhere where when Buddy was in control, Ruby Soho just got the backslide for the win. And then after the match, uh, Penelope Ford attacked Ruby Soho from behind and then laid her out with the brass knuckles. So I think they are probably building towards Penelope Ford versus Ruby Soho in the TBS Championship Tournament because they probably. did announce next week they're going to announce the bracket and Penelope Ford is actually going to verse uh, Kira Hogan on Saturday Night Dynamite tomorrow. So she'll probably get the win there to further set her up for the TBS championship tournament. But I like the fact that they have a storyline outside of the AEW world title and the fact that they're building multiple women storylines going into the TBS championship tournament. Because you got well, we're not yeah. allowed to do that. You can't do that. You, you I, can't, I, I know you can't have secondary and third dairy women's storyline. You can't have an you can't announce that you're gonna unveil a bracket. You just gotta put the bracket out there right before the first match happens. That's how you do a tournament, damn it. I know I know we don't in two and a half hours of that type of booking, but this is a this is a company that actually tries to make sense of stuff. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. It, it's, like, it's, it's jarring. Like, it's almost it's like jarring. Plan stuff. It's almost like Tony Khan has a notebook full of matches for a show that's several weeks away. And, you well, know, he, well, he's supposed to be uh, caring about and paying attention to his football team. He's over there jotting notes for his paper. Oh, and five Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> Oh my God! He's over here putting put matches for a pay per view while, while the Jaguars <laughs> are losing. Team. He don't give a crap about the Jaguars. Nobody gives a crap about the Jaguars. But you, you got you got now Soho and Penelope Ford. You got Thunder Rosa and Jay Cargill. So they have multiple different feuds going into you know this TBS Championship Tournament. You know who they need? Who? Laurel Von Ness, the hot mess. Chelsea Green. I put I, that I put that gimmick on her, and she was over. And then, oh, then I started hearing, "Oh, we got to get her out of that. We got to get." Well, I've told that story before too. They said, "Well, she does. She looks looks bad." I said, "I think she looks great because she, she's different." I would she literally, her. since she's left WWE, has showed up for every company 
but AEW. She's been she's been in ROH. She's been in NWA. This past weekend, she was on GCW uh, Flight Club, which I think is the best spot for her because GCW Dutch is like the hottest independent wrestling promotion right now. Where, where is that? Um, it's a basically an independent promotion, but it's uh it's based out of New Jersey. They do a lot of their shows in Atlantic City and. You who the you would you would be surprised who the top heel in the company is is actually Matt Cardona, the yeah, former the former Zack Ryder. So he he had a storyline with a um a wrestler named Effie, and Effie yep. beat him for the internet championship. And then uh Chelsea Green debuted on the Flight Club uh show to help him win back the internet title. She got booed out the building right along with her fiance. So they are like the best like heel couple yeah, in the good. promotion. So it oh, worked. she's a great she's a great heel. Yeah. Yeah and he's a good heel. He just he just got held back in WWE. They just They'd say if you stay there too long, you just become a part of the furniture. You just, or you got a couch in there. I need to do something with that couch. I need to repost the. Do you do it? No. You probably end up throwing it out and getting a new, a new couch. Yeah, we call this the Dolph Ziggler. You know, eventually, eventually you got you got to try yeah. you know a new pillow or something, and you know you kind of you know fluff up the couch a little bit. But yeah, how long has how long has he been there? Ooh, well, let's see. That would be since going- the start of the century. Since the as series. Dolph Ziggler since 2008 in yeah. the promotion since like 2005. Yeah, when the Spirit wow. Squad come along? Was it 2006? He- yeah, yeah. And but he was yeah. in. He was in that. Yeah. yeah, he was in the Spirit Squad. Oh boy. Wait a minute. <laughs> All and, right. then, and then uh, the last match on, on yeah, Rampage yeah. was uh, the six-man tag team match with many of the year and Junior Del Santos versus um, the Inner Circle. My biggest nitpick in this matchup is please, AEW, please, God, stop making Chris Jericho go toe-to-toe with a former UFC heavyweight champion and acting like Chris Jericho can take the hands of Junior Del Santos. That was ridiculous. This match really clicked well when junior del santos was in there with your boy uh dutch jake hager because jake hager is actually a mma fighter he actually can match up with the size of junior del santos very well and dos santos actually did well for his very first uh matchup here but sammy guevara was the star of the match he was just looked great he was phenomenal in his hot tag and his dives to the outside and i like the finish with um jorge masvidal coming in with the running knee again to lay out jericho and scorpio sky is the second guy in AEW behind MJF to get two pinfall victories over Chris Jericho. That was something that commentary didn't mention, and commentary was really good throughout the night, but they didn't mention that. I felt like they should have focused more on that than the uh, post-match with uh, Santana and Ortiz making the save for the inner circle, but it was a fun overall uh, six-man tag. And don't listen to Romeo. He's a hater. He's a hater on Junior Del Santos, but he's a great... Podcast. I guess he Check told you, Romeo. I guess he told you too. You people I, right in. You you're taking a chance now because these guys will rip you up. I do because I do. after we go off the air, they say, "Hey, that guy, that Romeo guy. Let me tell you about him." Then they'll fill my head full of stuff, and I will never ever think about you the same again. Romeo's a great YouTuber, but he has bad opinions. But I love him for I, it. Check I, him I out get, on True I do, I do get what he's saying though, because you you get people who come in who throw real punches for a living. And then they got to come in and they got to pull them, and it yeah. it doesn't look great. It it no. doesn't look great. It takes a lot of practice, Dutch. You know this to throw a fake punch and make it look real. All right, you can't just roll in off the street, especially when we don't we don't call it a fake punch. We don't use the f word. 
I'm, exactly. I it's a, a working exactly. punch. A work punch, yes. Say that's what it is. Yes. Because sometimes if you throw a hard punch, you're going to get one back. So you will learn real quick. Been there, done that. Ate applesauce the next day. I wish I could have a match with you when I was 20 years younger so I could just beat the crap out of you, Rick. You can, And so you couldn't do nothing about it. I said, how you like that, there? Dutch, I'd make you look like a million bucks because if there's one thing I can do in a ring, it's sell. Uh, so I would, <laughs> <laughs> I would make you look like a million bucks. That's the only thing I ever got top marks for in, in training was selling. Like, that's it. That's all I, that's, I, I can make my opponent look good. That's, that's, that's what I'm good for. So, well, we, we know now. <laughs> all right. So, show of hands who's actually going to be watching Crown Jewel in its real time because I'm not. Uh, oh, I you're not. You're it. not. I got to have. I have to watch it with Romeo live on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. So check out our watch along and watch us in pain because he's making me watch it live. Again, how, lo how long is it? Four hours? I hope not. I, well, I bet it is. Three. Probably going to be three. We know the Queen's Crown tournament's only going to be uh, the Queen Crown's final is going to be about three minutes long. Uh, you know, about on average, they might as well just go ahead and, and just act like you know they give a damn and just make this a ten minute Iron Woman match. To be completely honest with you, that would uh, that would like triple the amount of time that they've given any of these other matches. Um, but how what big is, is it? How, how big is the stadium there? Big. Yeah, it is. I'm it holds a lot of people. Seventy, yeah. eighty thousand. That big. I don't know about that big. Maybe like twenty, thirty thousand. I couldn't even tell you where oh. it is. Like I know it's in Saudi Arabia, but I, I in, like, in Riha. It's in Riha, I think. Sure. Yeah, that's a place. That's a place that exists on a map somewhere. Yeah, Riha, I think. Yeah, that's that, yeah, yeah. But I think they got like seven or eight. So you never, you never been to Saudi Arabia? Uh, no, I've not. Really? I've never I've been. To, I've, been I've been to Saudi Arabia. I went to Mecca. I have never left the. I, walk, I, walk, I walked around the pillars, count counterclockwise. By the way, that's where you got to walk. Or they'll, or they'll kill you. All right. Yeah. Any, other, any other final comments, <laughs> concerns? Sid, you got your show going on tomorrow, right? <laughs> yes. Check out True Hill Heat one forty seven. We're gonna have special guests: the NWA podcast from Post Wrestling, Nate Milton and Professor Chris. They're gonna be versing myself and the three-time baby-making champion Ness in our second fantasy wrestling draft. So root us on to victory on True Hill Heat one forty seven, and okay. watch Dutch's episode True Hill Heat one forty five, our most watched episode ever. And yes, Dutch hey. beat Kenny Bolin in yeah, the Show. I was going to ask you that. You did. So Romeo said the stadium capacity is sixty-eight thousand. Mm. I believe Romeo. I, I believe Romeo. You don't believe him? I believe Romeo. I will believe him. Yes. Oh, okay, sixty-eight thousand. And I said about seventy thousand. Nah, it's like twenty-three. All right. I, I've never heard them announce announce that they had all sixty-eight thousand. So I didn't know how many. Uh, they thank you, there. thank you, Mister Romeo, for. Enlightening this. I was gonna say bunch. 23, it's not Rocket Mortgage Field House. <laughs> yeah. Is that what it seats? It is yeah, it's not uh it's not the uh, the the uh, the arena in Knoxville, it seats about twenty-three. <laughs> and now Muhammad's saying thirty-eight thousand. Oh. Muhammad, stop it. Up, up. Oh, now, now see? He's 
smaller place. So now, Roman, see, thank oh, you. Oh, 20,000. See, and maybe it is Rocket can, Mortgage Fieldhouse. Can, can everybody apologize to me? Y'all didn't apologize. No, 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 no. no. I, thought, said, I said, how big is the stadium there? But I'm, and I'm just saying, I was right. And the stadium is 68,000. He said they're in a smaller arena and it's 20,000. But I was right. That's Does it I cost mean. money? You got to buy a ticket to go or no? Or is it just everybody can go? I think anybody can go. So they, already get, they already get paid. They already get their money before they even get sell a ticket. I, I all I know is it starts at noon. Don't I, the people get money there from the government? Yes. The citizens, the government just pays them money so they can go eat and all that stuff. Yes. It's like that's what, obligated. To that's what Joe Biden wants us to do. I'll all probably right, get like I'll forget four, to check out my I'll, I'll get about four dollars or something. Don't forget to check out my interview with Paul Heyman. It is up right now on the Sports Kitty Wrestling YouTube channel. We talked a lot about Mr. Uh, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar ahead of Crown Jewel this coming Thursday. Uh, of course, we will be uh, live on the Sports Kitty Wrestling YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook with the post show uh, afterwards about, what, roughly 3.30, 4 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time in the afternoon. So uh, whenever you're getting off work, maybe about then, uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be ready to rock and roll. We'll get you all caught up. Uh, on everything dutch thank you very much we'll be back thank you five next week sid enjoy the show tomorrow also we still got to figure out a time because you're ducking me for the uh you're, you're ducking me for the um trivia championship you don't want to fight me so i know it's all it's all oh, good. are you sid? Come, come, come on dutch who do, I, I, who do you I, think knows I, more I, about I, wrestling i, well, I think you do but I he says you're ducking him I keep giving him times, and he keeps saying, "No, nah, that doesn't work." Hey, okay, he's, he's, he's making. He's making. I, I make. I make one night out of the week, which is Fridays, to do this show. Any yeah. other night, I can't do evenings because I have one year olds that will run my wife ragged, and I love my wife, and I don't want that to happen, and I Here's don't a, want her to get mad at me. Oh, so, so now you're saying I don't love my wife because you know I I uh, you know I let her basically. You know, Basically, the kids basically, yeah. Here's a, here's a trivia question: Who was the first wrestler that Jimmy Cornette ever managed? The first wrestler he ever managed. Go ahead. I'll I'll let Rick answer. <laughs> was it you, Dutch? Was it you? No. <laughs> then you don't. Then you don't know. Sid. I, I, my, my knowledge is really WWE based, but um, I will go with the Midnight Express. Nope. See, I was the second guy he managed. Damn it, I was close. The first wrestler he managed was Sherry Martell. Hmm. There we See? go. Another name now, connected so, to Luna. So now, when you get in a trivia deal, ask that question. There you go. And if you have to, call Cornette and I'm asking. Because he'll cuss you out. So, and just tell him you know Kenny Bolin, and he'll hang up on you, and then come and find your house, and beat it down with the with the axe. We love you, Kenny. I'll see you on uh, Wednesday. Hey, what, Wednesday, what, our preview. What, what's this we crap? You, you know, don't, don't speak for me on that. Make sure to follow SP3 at True Heel SP3 at Dirty D Mantel and uh, at Rickucci. No spell like you see on the screen. We appreciate you guys. Have a wonderful weekend. Go Bearcats, go Bengals. Everybody have a great week. See ya.